It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 60 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. For those who are paying attention, and obviously that does leave out Heather, as I've said before... Yeah, we failed to drop the bonus episode on the weekend. We got we, lazy. We basically just didn't do it. We didn't say we were going to do it last weekend. Well, I said that we were going to try and post it on April 1st or 2nd. April Fool's, I mean, that was all planned. April <laughs> Fool's joke. Man, that just worked out for us. Yeah, we got basically lazy and just we did get lazy. decided not to record it there. We figured, ah, we didn't. We kind of promised it, but we didn't. We'll just bump it to next weekend. And we so, promise. We Yeah, we do promise this time, but we were showing you what, what it's like to be a real pirate from this time. We cheated. We Arr. lied. And I'll have to drop a walk the plank in here or something like that for us. But yeah, we dropped the ball on that and we will get that out this weekend. As much as a pirate could promise anything, we promise to get that to you <laughs> this weekend. I... I mean, the new movie's coming up. It's only May 26th, so that's two months away, basically. Yeah, time. Or not two months. Yeah, a month and a half. Two months. Yeah, we could say two months. Yeah. Man, yeah. We got time, but it's still going to be here before we know it. So there we go. And then don't forget, we are on Goonies Minute this week. So go ahead and check that out. It's other pirate action that we're talking about. Pirate theme action. I didn't want to. I was trying to be careful there because I didn't want Heather busting up during the introduction. So anyways, two things. Bonus episode maybe and Goonies Minute. So have fun with that. So let's get rolling. In the previous minute, Captain Barbosa drops the Aztec gold bomb to Elizabeth Swan that all the scattered pieces must be restored and the blood repaid. All 882 of those damn shiny things they simply frittered away. The silver lining and oh-so-comforting news that there is no need to be killing her yet goes over like a lead balloon. Perhaps because he accentuated and ended his semi-good news by offering her an apple. Nothing to see here, folks. Just a symbol of the occult and a well-known Disney and historical vessel for delivering poison to an unsuspecting soul. Now let's see those skeletons. <laughs> Minute 60 begins with the cursed skeleton crew scrubbing and swabbing the deck, hammering, turning the capstan, and all the other typical duties one just might see a crew doing on an 18th century ship. In awe of the supernatural situation... Elizabeth falls backwards to the below deck, only to be caught by a piece of canvas held by some crew. The minute ends with Elizabeth running back to the cabin and inadvertently into the arms of Barbosa. Look, the moon... Huh. You like how I said look? It's like I was Will Turner. Look! Arr! I should have said arr! Look! The moonlight shows us for what we really are. As the camera pans to the full moon, he continues, We are not among the... Dot, dot, dot. Heather always likes when we end with a dot, dot, dot. dot. dot yeah, she dot. didn't say anything this Aww. time. Yeah, so she just... Now I think I'm going to take it away. I was trying to actually think if you were correct. 
Well, I think you were still hung up on the fact that I was trying to do a Barbosa line and saying that in this upbeat (laughs) Will Turner, like like a little boy on the street. Oh, mom, look. So Barbosa. You know, whenever I see kids on the street with their parents and looking at balloons and things, I go, boy, he just reminds me of Barbosa. How many kids do you see on the street looking at balloons? Uh, None. (laughs) Remember? I am kept in the dungeon practically the entire week. So I don't I see only, anybody. I only let you out for recording. Yeah, so I don't see anybody except that there's some people on the internet or whatever. But that is that is basically my my getting out. So I tried to convince people that I actually go outside, but you just brought it back home. So there you go. But I do see when I see kids, I think of Barbosa, obviously. Yes. Look. Yeah, that was pretty poor. <laughs> So we pushed it off yesterday. Today we have full on, as we called it, bone action. And it's skeletons. Skeletons everywhere. So what do you think of the skeleton pirate sequence here? That's a good question. I think it's kind of cool, actually. To oh, see yeah, all tell the, me your honest stuff. See all the pirates. We're not here the- just to celebrate. We're also here to scrutinize and analyze and well, plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films. One blimey minute at a time. I like the skeletons. I think they're cool, and you notice they all have, or I don't know if you knew, they all have their own eyes. So the, oh, act, I'm pretty the, much actors, the actors' actual eyes, all these skeletons have their actual eyes. Yeah, it's crazy that they actually had to bring in a surgeon, remove everybody's yeah. eyes, put them in these skeleton props, and then replace the eyes back. It was really cool. Yes. Added a lot to the expense and the budget amazing. of the movie, but that is pretty cool. And everybody had no vision for a day. Whatever, dude. <laughs> no, but seriously, you were saying like the visual effects, they actually took the eyes because the eyes are the windows to the yes. souls and they're recognizable on people yeah. and it helped to find the face of the skeletons to make the skeletons actually recognizable of who they were as, it's, it's as a flesh human. and blood pirate. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was pretty neat. Maybe it was just because I reviewed the minute a few times and just kind of scrutinized it. <laughs> When Elizabeth is swinging with the pirate, the pirate grabs her, the guy that's swinging. Uh-huh. Elizabeth first looks at him. His, his name, actually, we have Grapple and we had Mallet, or we haven't seen Mallet yet. This but was Bosun, right? We've had a Bosun, but his, his, his pirate name is actually Tarzan. Oh, is it? No. <laughs> okay, anyway, I thought it was Bosun, but it could be somebody else. I don't know. So, anyway... Get back to my story. So when she he's got her, she kind of looks over at him, then looks forward, and then looks to the left. And she's screaming in the, all these different positions, right? Oh, yeah, I know Like, that. she's not sure where to look. But I know she's the only one acting in this thing. All the pirates are all just blue screen things. That's right. Computer generated. When I was asking that, do you think it fits with the tone of the movie is what I'm trying to get at? Not what you think visually of it but how do you how do you feel that this pirate sequence this scene that we see in this minute fits with the movie curse of the black pearl well it's showing us the actual curse so i think it fits good and it's showing us what actual pirates do while sailing that they're actually doing the different jobs and stuff it's telling the story i can see you're kind of giving me the eyes like 
Yeah, I think she's trying question. to. Fi- I think she's trying to figure out where I'm, I'm going right. with that. Yeah. I don't know why. There's no right or wrong answer, so I don't know why you're trying to ask that. I'm asking a <laughs> hard hitting journalistic question as a co-host of Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. You should have some opinion on what you think of this I particular did. scene. I told you what I thought. Of but the- you didn't convince the audience that you believe that. It's like, do I like? Yes, I like it. <laughs> I think I like it. Yeah, everybody's I do like it. Okay, then say it. I say think it it's like, cool. I think it's pretty Arr, cool. I like it. Arr, I like it. Thank you. I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see all these different pirates working and doing their jobs and doing all the different stuff because it's not something you would ever see. What about you? Now you've opened up a can of worms by asking me what I think of it. So I'm actually torn on it. Really? It gives me the feel of a kind of a techno urban musical number. Oh. Maybe something like you would see in Vegas, or actually, it's what is the name of that uh, show? Stomp, where yeah. they yeah. they use like well unconventional items to make music, and they bang garbage can lids and garbage cans and other things. Okay, so instead here, instead of Stomp or on a stage, we have this music kind of set, and the crew, like you were saying, the pirate crew, they're swabbing the deck and doing hammering and whatever. Of, Ever else All a crew does, a pirate crew does, to music. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm a bit torn because does it venture into something you might find in a musical, which I personally would like to see left to the pirate movie or maybe a modern version of Pirates of Penzance? What do you say? Coming from that, not, I'm not talking CGI effects or the visual yeah, I effects. It. I'm talking does it fit I know what with you the mean movie? because you notice when they're hammering... It's all to the music. And yeah. the, they're scrubbing the deck. It's all to the music. Yeah, I, in a way, but yet we know There's no that, right or wrong answer. It's I just know. your feeling on it. I know, but we know that pirates do sing and stuff like that when they're off duty. And, you know, it's something they do when they're just kind of hanging out and sailing around yeah. and not working. They do sing and they have these certain songs they sing and this kind of stuff and sing while they work type of thing. And so, in my eyes, it kind of fits in because of that. I know you see it as a musical and... Well, I'm not saying that. that type of scene, though. Well, let me just tell you, because I did some additional research on it. And so, the studio... So, when Jerry Bruckheimer and Gore Verbinski were coming to the studio, like, hey, this is what we're going to do for this scene. The studio, Disney, actually thought maybe that the tone being set by this particular skeleton sequence, what we can call Moonlight Serenade, which is the song... That's being played here. Okay. Was maybe wrong for the movie. This may have actually been partially the fault of the initial idea, which included, say, more whimsical music. But when Hans Zimmer and his team were brought in to do the score for the scene, they decided whimsy really wasn't going to work because it was... Well, if Elizabeth is coming out of the cabin and seeing skeletons and supernatural stuff for the first time, she wouldn't be just breaking into something that was... Or seeing all kinds of cool, like... It's a whale of a tale to tell yeah. you, lad. You know, kind of things that yeah. you'd see back in the old Disney pirate movie kind of stuff. But she would really be scared if it was a real life scenario and you see skeletons running around right. doing this. So it's not a quirky scene like something we might find in Pirates of the Caribbean ride either with that whole, it's a pirate's life for me, the whole difference in the jingle. And we did some of the comparisons early on in our minutes with that. Yeah. We have the creepy version here that we saw in the beginning minute. Versus the ride, which has more of a whimsical tone to that song. So so I definitely think a whimsical tone or score that would have under 
rode this whole scene here would have been a bad idea. Right. See, if, you, if it was something that was sounded more like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, I think that definitely would have not been or it wouldn't have worked here. Right. But there are some elements, again, that, again, seem more musical or even stage-like. Maybe it's, you know, almost like a stage play. Yeah. With Elizabeth being flung into the air by the canvas. Uh-huh. That's just kind of set up because there's pirates down there with the canvas. Right. It's something like you would see in a pirate movie that's be or a pirate play. Yeah. Something to that effect. Or like a Peter Pan kind of stuff. Right. So that's where I'm going with it. I mean, I see it as a middle ground between whimsy. You know, we have whimsy on the far side and then you have pure skeleton kind of horror action with a crew on the deck on the other side. Uh This kind of falls in the middle. What do you think if she just stumbles onto the deck and is just pushed around from crew member to crew member who are doing their skeleton duties here or their pirate duties here? Rather than... Rather than kind of... There can still be some music elements to it. Yeah. But what would you think if she wasn't falling down and being flung into the air or then swung around on the rope or the rigging, but stumbled onto the deck and is, you know, like you see a person when they run into a skeleton in the movies, then they, they scream and they back away and then they hit another skeleton and they bounce off like a ping pong ball or a, a pinball machine, oh, you know, with yeah. the bump, the ball yeah. hitting the bumpers. So what if you think she just stumbled on there and was running around on the deck at that moment like that, as opposed to It probably would have been a better scene. I mean, would it more realistic to like? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Would it have been too dark, though? I mean, would we have lost that bit of comedy and maybe some of those smiles, or maybe it would have gone too far towards that horror end of the spectrum, as opposed to the tone that we, well, opposed to the tone that has already been set by sequences like Jack and Will fighting on the rafters, for instance. Yeah, because there's some of that whimsy there to a little bit. I mean, some of that swashbuckler stuff Uh that we talked about. I mean, that is the nature of. This movie is a swashbuckler adventure, high seas kind of adventure. So you are going to see some of that kind of daring fighting sequences and things. But yeah, my my the, thought was just the tone and way that this came across maybe as a bit more of a musical when this isn't a musical movie. It makes it more Disney-like. That's, that's a good point. Than... If she would have just been tossed from... Uh, not tossed, but... You I know what you meant. Pushed from pirate yeah. to paper. Kept running Not that into, she was doing it, but she's trying to run and escape. That's, yeah. Yes. It would. So this this scene, the way it is, makes it more Disney-like than the other way. That's right. You were I talking think so. about. Yeah, it, it comes adds back that to the Disney, Disney. Disney effect to it. That's right. I guess I need to see it both ways, but I probably would have preferred something a little less over the top. Because we are already getting from Jack Sparrow that over-the-top action. I mean, Jack injects some whimsy into his character, which spills over into the movie. Thus, I'm not quite sure that we really need it here to this degree. At least that's what I'm questioning. I don't know. Well, maybe if they kind of left off certain things. Okay, you got the people scrubbing the deck. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that we get rid of that stuff. I'm saying if you take the whole of it, of her swinging around and being flung up in the air, that kind of stuff. I mean, I could see that you could put the pirate's actions to a beat and have that. I think that's fine. But it's the but whole her. encompassing of her action versus what the crew are doing. Because they're taking the things that they're doing. And then now they're incorporating and flinging her around. And it's set to music. And then we also see a couple of these skeleton pirates playing some instruments at the very end before she goes back in. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if maybe less would have been better. Yeah. Kind of that. 
more less is more a little less do. than what they well i don't know i'm just asking maybe I don't, I don't know if that yeah. was maybe what disney feared if it was too whimsical if the music was say not as dark as this yeah if it would have been too if it was too upbeat and too cheery it would have completely changed everything oh, it and it would have been too friendly off. yeah but yeah, maybe it is a happy middle, and I mean, I don't, th- I don't think that it doesn't work. I'm just curious what would have happened if it wasn't like that, right? And I'm also asking, does Jack bring enough of that whimsical character to this movie? And not only that, but Mulroy and Murtaugh and Pintel and Rigetti, do they bring enough of that kind of stuff that you don't to the need. movie that you don't really need this kind of musical number? Because I get that you need the the whole sequence with the skeletons, because I'm not. I mean, with all of that, I'm not knocking the effects here because I think that they are really quite spectacular oh, and hold yeah. up very well. I mean, at the time, I was just trying to think back of when I first saw this. And the closest I can think about is that I thought it was another notch in the belt of what can now be like this special effect stuff done so seamlessly. That CGI yeah. that really worked well. And maybe it was the next stage in evolution from the stop motion skeletons, as far as I'm concerned, as delivered by you know that pioneer Ray Harryhausen and Jason and the Argonauts. Which I love Jason and the Argonauts and Ray Harryhausen and the stop motion effects. It just reminds me of all the skeletons doing their thing. And then you have the skeletons fighting in the stop motion manner in Jason and the Argonauts, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Bruckheimer was saying that Gore Verbinski planned a much longer skeleton pirate sequence. But having to do all of this CGI and bringing in the Industrial Light Magic team to do the visual effects gets, you know, obviously quite expensive. So not counting those visual effects, the Justice filming took Kira Knightley two weeks to do. Oh, really? Yeah. So they had the pirate, well, they had the other pirate actors come in, I think she said, for the first day. And that way that the visual effects crew could get reference points for where the actors are. Did they have them wearing those blue suits with all the little dots on them? I don't think so, but oh, I don't really? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they did a, a motion capture for that, but oh, really? I don't I don't know. But I don't think that they did, but huh. I could be wrong. I didn't go that deep into that. We can find out another time and let people know. But I don't believe that there was a motion capture on that, which would be the suit. Everybody's in kind of a blue suit. Yeah, with the little and, dots all over them. And at least at not this stage, because I do believe that they did, and we, we'll we talk about some of that later, how they actually did the from moonlight to non-moonlight to moonlight kind of stuff yeah. that we see, you know, transition from flesh to skeleton to flesh to skeleton so we won't do that here because that doesn't happen. Elizabeth was then essentially just acting by herself for those yeah. two weeks and doing all those things. And so that's why she actually didn't know which way to look. Yeah. Because there was nobody there. It was all on blue screen. And people weren't there. She's turning the, the wheel for the boat or for the boat, for the ship. <laughs> you know, there's nobody uh-huh. there. She's just acting all this by herself. So she's not really knowing where exactly to look. Right. Which would be extremely difficult, I'd imagine. That's right. Where I was going with this is that Gore Verbinski had to fight for this whole entire sequence here. And the reasoning was that there had just been this buildup of what the curse does. And actually, it's been a tease with the skeleton arm since Keeler showed us back at the jail cell in Port Royal. And then if we didn't have it, we really would have been left hanging as to what this curse really does. We would have had just one kind of small clip so far. Right, and a story. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they would have went on to other things that we see later on, but they wanted to give us that because there has been this, what we call here on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a slow burn of some of these plot reveals or what the curse has been doing, or that there's even supernatural in the film. Really, we didn't see any hard evidence of supernatural stuff until we were in the minute with 
Keeler. Yeah, Keeler. Twig and Keeler in the jail cell when Jack was locked up. So anyways, they had to put something in there. At least that's what he was arguing. And so unless Gore Verbinski was going to pull off some kind of Spielberg Jaws maneuver and avoid showing us any, you know, the... You would have just used trick camera work and awesome shots to show the the shark, you know, because yeah. it had mechanical issues and things. They didn't weren't able to show it all the time. They needed to add, I think, that for our, our payoff as an audience to see the skeletons. And it would have been a letdown if you didn't see a bunch of skeleton action because you go into Pirates of the Caribbean thinking that there's going to be some skeletons. Right. At least in the first movie. And there's another important skeleton point here, too, just to note right now, is that we do see the monkey is also consumed by greed. So it confirms why he actually loves the medallion and is really a greedy little monkey, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we see him here too. But yeah, where I was really going with all that was, d- does it fit? Does it really fit seamlessly with the movie as it is and the tone and that stuff? So that's where I was really trying to get you to go. Not on the effects or that stuff, but does it fit? Well, you should just ask that. No, I wanted to get your thoughts and reactions. all kinds of thoughts. <laughs> but I wanted to see where you would take it. To get your kind of true feelings on it without... Because if I had peppered it first and said, what do you think of the tone of this? You'd have been like, okay, where's he going with this? He's not going to like it or he's going to say something weird. And then you wouldn't have given me an honest answer, I think. You would have lied to everybody out there in the listening world. It's possible. See? Walk the plank. So that's why I asked that. I don't know. I mean, if you guys want to share too, let us know what you think on Facebook. And that's actually why we need to get that listener's society listeners group going i'll do that this week what are you doing i promised it i promised it so i will make it i'll try and make it happen tomorrow i'm kind of given the shifty eyes so that means (laughs) i may or may not by monday (laughs) yeah so it'll happen before monday is where i'm going with that so there you go if you do have some thoughts on it definitely let us know we're happy to share those send us an email tweet us hit us up on facebook we're you know curious about it like i said I think it falls somewhere in the middle. Maybe a little less would have been more, but yeah. I'm glad they didn't go the real whimsical route. No. But it doesn't it ruin the movie by any stretch of the imagination because I think it, especially when you first watch it, you're really just excited to see all the pirates as skeletons. And yeah. so that's what captures your eye. It's when I really went back and said, would that really have happened like that? Again, I'm asking, would that have really happened? And we're talking about skeletons. But then the minutia of it is Elizabeth Swan being thrown into the air or swung on rope like a Tarzan thing. Yeah. Does that make sense out there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's just me. So after all that, Elizabeth ends up running kind of back and inadvertently into Barbosa's arms as she's trying to get back into the cabin, Uh the safety of the cabin. She's realizing, yeah... He's right. (laughs) What would I have done if I killed him? Because now I'm seeing this. So I want to be back in the cabin and I might just want to patch up that wound on him. (laughs) Here, let me help you with that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, you want me to eat that apple? Okay, no problem. How many apples do you need me to eat? (laughs) You want to look at me in that creepy fashion while I'm eating the apple? Sure. But it does confirm to us from the pirates. So we just don't have the Keeler example. As Heather was trying to burn me on this a little bit earlier in this episode, we do see oh. all the pirate crew as a skeleton. Including? And we haven't seen Barbosa yet. Oh, no. Nope. But the monkey we've seen. The monkey we've seen. So, and that's where he bites the medallion. There you go. See? Yeah. He, re- he really he... likes gold. Yes. It's this whole Dorian Gray painting reference again. This whole greed theme conversation that we've been having on a number of episodes. 
This is really what they look like. This is what greed does to you, Heather. Yeah, Scott. Heather is so far down that road. She is even beyond this in a skeleton. She's almost like turned to dust. That's how decayed she is from greed. That's it. Yeah. Only a moonlight, though. <laughs> Actually, how powerful her greed is. It's <laughs> daytime. It's nighttime. That is just it. Yeah. And then we get to Barbosa starting his line and we don't get to finish it. He leaves us okay. with this cliffhanger. We are not among the dot, dot, dot. Man. Damn that minute. Oh, man. It always ends in that dot, dot, dot. I know. And especially when we needed it. This is the, the big kind of curse reveal stuff going on. And we didn't get a full resolution on that. They're not among the what? Uh, you're right. See the skeletons that are actually hammering. I wonder what the heck they're doing. Well, I couldn't figure out what they were doing. But I decided to look up the different jobs that you would have on a pirate ship. You took the history route this time. Yeah. And so I found this website and it has the best jobs of a pirate ship and the worst jobs of a pirate ship. So obviously the best jobs are the captain, quartermaster. There's only 105 of those. So we'll go ahead and list all of those for you right now. The quartermaster. Except when everybody decides, you know what? We're all going (laughs) to sleep in the captain's quarters tonight. Everybody pile in. Did you verify that for me I did not actually. Bosun and the sailing master. What's the sailing master do? The sailing master actually reads maps and charts and the course of the ship. Oh. Yeah. That is a good job. Yeah. What's the worst job? The worst jobs. You were so wait. No. You were actually going to stop, and you weren't going to get us. You you said I have a list of the best jobs and the worst jobs, and you were going to just leave us with the best jobs, and then you were going to walk I, away. I was actually just reading, so it just took me a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the worst jobs are the carpenter. Okay. Do you want to know why the cor- carpenter is well, one of the worst jobs? Because he would actually have to perform some surgeries. Because ah! he was most qualified for oh, that. Oh, get out of town. Of so thing. he was like the surgeon, too. <laughs> to Jesus. amputate and stuff Ooh. like that. Wow. Because <laughs> he was most qualified. Just because he knew how to use a saw? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think pretty much everybody on the ship knew how to use a saw. <laughs> well, blow me down. His skills with a saw would come in handy during battles. So if you didn't have an actual surgeon on board, then you would default to having your carpenter do it. Yeah. Hence why they got a lot of peg legs going on. Because <laughs> the carpenter. I can whittle this for you. I got to lay down below deck and I'll turn you out a cool peg leg. Anyways. Right? And the cabin boy, because they're basically just servants, servants to the yeah. pirates. A powder monkey. Oh, yeah. Powder monkey. Was one of the most dangerous. Yeah, that's right. You know, because they're running that powder back and forth. And because the, the women that they had to powder their faces were always such vicious women. They were those claw cats. Exactly. And so they were so mean to the powder monkeys. And thank you for using our word of the week. There you go. <laughs> and then the swabbies. The swabbing of the decks had to be done daily. Yeah. You know, be particularly dangerous during storms and stuff like that. They get washed overboard. Yeah. And they're the lowest ranking pirates. Did you have to swab the deck when it was, you know, in a big storm? It says <laughs> particularly dangerous. I didn't like the way you did that. I know it's really during- stormy and rainy out there, but you better get out there and swab that deck. <laughs> says dangerous during treacherous weather. Okay. Well, maybe treacherous weather. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Sounds like a plan. And that was the jobs you most wish to avoid. 
Well, Swabby, do you have anything else for us there? <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> Sounds good. I think we just call it a day. What about you? Sounds good. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 61 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Now get me my grog. <laughs> That's the most dangerous job is getting Heather her grog. Nard grog. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey. Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up. The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags. While Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637Pirate. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.